Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as you notice, we have some extra stuff up here. Uh, it is the beginning of the Advent season. We got our Christmas tree up. It's not decorated yet. We have to wait for that. Uh, we got our Advent wreath up. The first candle is lit there. This Advent season, as we prepare ourselves for Christmas. That's what Advent is, right? It is awaiting the arrival of Christmas, of Christ, the Messiah, right? And there are two ways to take that. There is the historical, that period of the intertestamental from Malachi and roughly 420 BC. There is a period of silence until we get to about three or so BC, uh, where the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah and that whole story is put into motion. But for those 400 years or so, there was silence, and they were waiting for the promise, the prophesied Messiah. So we could historically look at that and say, we're preparing for to celebrate the birth of the Messiah. But then there's a second interpretation, which we see from our gospel reading, the preparation, the, the awaiting for the second coming of Jesus. Uh, the time where Jesus will come and, and reclaim this world. Now, we tend to focus on the first one, but the second one is just as valid. And either way, for us, we're waiting. So today, I want to take some time and examine the concept of waiting. How can we as Christians, as humans, wait better? But before we do that, let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today, for this chance that we can come together and prepare our hearts, prepare our minds to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate a Messiah. Lord, I pray that you would be present in this time. I pray that the words that I speak are your words. Move me out of the way, Lord. This isn't about me. This is about you. And as I submit myself to your Holy Spirit, I pray that all who hear these words would be willing to do the same that we would submit ourselves to your Holy Spirit so that we could hear the very truth that you want for each and every one of us to know. In your name we pray, amen. Special welcome to those of you joining online. If you are joining us live on Sunday morning, do us a favor and hit share so that you can invite others, all your friends on Facebook to church. Now, speaking of friends, uh, perhaps in the coming weeks, you'll have some sort of holiday festive party. Maybe you host it at your house. You get everything ready. You clean everything. Maybe you make a couple snacks. Maybe it's potluck and people are bringing it over. But I got to tell you, the worst part of hosting a festive party at your house are the 10 minutes before everybody shows up, right? Because you're done. Like you've cleaned everything. You're ready to go. You've lit the candles to make sure that everything smells just right. And then you're like, well, now what do we do? Like, can't like watch TV because somebody's going to come in and be in the middle of a show. Like, what do you do? And if any of you have any tips, I've found the only thing I can come up with is like you save like a charcuterie board to cut it. So they're coming. And you're like, oh, hey, I'm just just cutting these peppers here. You know, like something because we, we're just so bad as waiting as humans. We're just really, really bad at it. It's not within our DNA. It's not who we are. We are not good at waiting. And as we look at our gospel reading, as we look at the fact that it's Advent, this is a day where we can talk about waiting. How can we as Christians be better at waiting? 
And as I considered it, I came up with the reality that there are really two main types of waiting. And they're, they're a little different um, in the way that we emotionally experience them because one is way easier than the other. The first one, this is the easier of the two, is when you're waiting and you know where the end is, right? You, maybe there's some progress that you can see, right? If you've ever been waiting in a line and you're just slowly inching forward, all of us have said it. We all at some point say, well, at least the line's moving, right? That, it's just, it's a God-given right that we have to say that when you're in a line, well, at least it's moving. Or if you're in traffic, well, at least it's moving because there's nothing worse than being in a standstill. And you're like, what? What is going on up there? Why are we not even moving, right? It's this sense of progress. This is why the airplane gives you the option to see the little plane halfway across the country. You're going, well, there's still three hours and 38 minutes because we want to see the progress. It's part of us. I can see where my pizza is in the neighborhood. I'm like, oh, it's only just a block and a half away. I better go put pants on. Like, because we like to see progress. There's this sense of seeing that progress helps us with waiting. It makes life easier. This type of waiting is, is way easier than the other one. This one requires patience. It requires us to be patient. We can see the thing. We can see what we're going towards, but we're not there yet. And so we have to go to that fruit of the Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be patient, love, joy, peace, patience. And so we have that patience to keep going, to keep going along. It, it calms your inner anxiety. And it says, I, I'm seeing that there is movement, that there is progress here. If I can just be patient, I'll get there. In life, this is most frequently waiting for big events, right? Maybe it's a, a wedding date or retirement, or uh, some sort of thing like that. Maybe it's uh, the birth of a child even. Like we can kind of, okay, it's going to be sometime in this range. We don't know the day, but it's going to be, you know, nine months or so, right? And so we can kind of see that progress along. And it can be difficult because it feels like time is just crawling, right? As you tick off those days on the calendar, and sometimes, because we live in a broken world, that goalpost moves, right? That, that time frame, it's suddenly the wedding has been bumped back a month or two, or, or the kid's going to stay in the womb a little bit longer, whatever it is, right? Those get moved. It's okay, though, because you're still seeing that progress. So we, we strive to have patience, the Spirit inspiring that patience within us, fighting against that anxiety. But with that in mind, the second type of waiting Oh, it's way more difficult. And that is when you're waiting and you don't know how much progress has been done, right? This is why, uh, like, I, I go to the doctor's office and they don't have, like, a num pull the number system, right? They instead just come out and say a name. Miss um, Gutierrez, are you here? And I'm sitting there going, well, I, where am I on the list? How far down? If they had a number system, even if they were just on two and I was on 98, I'd be okay because I'd be, well, there's only this many people before me, Right? But when there's no progress and you're not really sure how much longer you have to wait, it drives us insane. You want to know for a fact that I know that this is true? Try calling somewhere and being on hold with customer service. And you're just sitting there and you're listening to that music. One time I called Disney because I was trying to change a reservation. I was on hold for an hour and a half. And I got so used to that music. And of course, what happens is they have the music, but every now and then they'll come and be like, all representatives are currently busy assisting. And you're like, it's a person, it's a person. No, wait, no. It's just, it's just their hold stuff, right? This idea of waiting and waiting, and you don't know 
when this is going to be fulfilled. Luckily, it doesn't happen as much in this day and age, right? Very rare does it happen, but occasionally you'll, you'll order something, you go to check the packet or the tracking, and it just says, it's on the way. You're like, what does that mean? Why has it been in Fort Worth for like two weeks? And then one day it just shows up, and you're like, oh, I would have liked to know that that was coming, right? I like to know where the truck is. I want to know the name of the driver. I want to know when he stops for lunch. I want all the details. I want the progress. Can you imagine if this is how we told kids that Christmas was coming? We are just like, well, one day there's going to be Christmas. Like if, if Advent calendars just went on in perpetuity, and then one day, like on a Tuesday in August, they wake up and like, Christmas is here. Hey, congratulations. You may, that, that would drive them. In. It'd be torture. It would be absolute Torture, because this is not the style of waiting that we like. But here's a struggle. There are two very massive things that we have to wait for in this way. One is our gospel reading, Jesus coming back. The other is our own mortality. You might have an idea. I'm hoping to live X number of years. I'm hoping it's later than sooner, right? But we don't know. And when you wait so long and you don't know how long you have to wait, sometimes you forget that you're waiting. You begin to overlook what's happening, right? That time that I was on hold with Disney, I actually put the, I had the phone on speaker and I put it down and was like doing dishes and stuff. And then when the lady came back and she was like, hey, how can I help you? I didn't have any of my stuff ready. I had forgotten that I was on hold. Oh, whoa, hold on, hold on. Which actually made me feel really good to put them on hold. Like, <laughs> You'll just have to wait. There's no music, but just hold on. Um, we forget sometimes that we're waiting. And I think sometimes we forget about the whole second coming business. We certainly, I can tell you this, forget about our own mortality. You interact with young people and they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about death. They're not thinking about the end of life. It's, you convince yourself that that's not something to be concerned about. You're not waiting for that, that that's not even going to happen. When you, you don't think the plane is going to crash, you don't pay attention to the safety briefing, right? There's no need to. So how do you prepare for this? Because that's, that's how you deal with this type of waiting. It's not patience. Nobody has that much patience. As humans, we can't do it. We are not that patient. So how do you deal with waiting when there's an open-ended time frame? You just be ready. You be prepared, right? If I had my stuff with me, when the, the person came back, and go, oh, here's my reservation number, right? When you're on the plane, suddenly you hit that turbulence and your head's on a swivel looking for all the exits because you want to be prepared if something were to happen. I got to tell you, in life, when people hit turbulence, their head goes on a swivel and they start to consider, hey, what do I believe? I've been living my life every day, but I just live in the moment. But like, what, what happens to me when I die? How will my legacy go on? What happens to my soul? Do I have a soul? What, what is a soul? It's those questions that start to come in. I got to tell you, as a pastor, I've had the unique opportunity, the unique privilege to interact with folks who are near that end of lifetime and they can look me in the eye and say, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid of dying because I'm ready. I know what's coming. I'm prepared. I, I have a good relationship with my God. I know that I am saved. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not thinking it's going to be tomorrow, but, but I'm, I'm okay with it. And I got to tell you, that sets you free. 
That sets you free from the biggest fear that this world can throw at you. When you're not afraid to die, oh, there's nothing that, that the things around you can throw at you that will make you afraid. So how do you prepare yourself for that mortality? How do you prepare yourself for the reality that potentially any moment Jesus could come back? Wasn't that moment. Okay. Um, how do you prepare yourself? Not that one either. Okay. So how do you prepare yourself for the, basically this? You seek to have a stronger relationship with your creator. Whatever that looks like for you. Study the word, the Bible that God has provided you, where God speaks to you. Study that. Read what he has to say. Recognize you're looking at a historical document, but it's also a living document that is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. Speak to other Christians. Speak to people who are on this same journey as you. Surround yourself with community. Pray. That's how you prepare for this, this thing. Because, hey, guys, reality is that proverbial metaphorical plane not only can it crash, it will. So how do you prepare yourself? You get yourself right with God. Getting that relationship is shoring that up and saying, God, I know who you are. You don't want to be the first time you meet God to be at the pearly gates. And then you look inward and you recognize the salvation that you have is not from yourself. It's not because of anything that you earned throughout life. It's not because of how you lived your life. Thank goodness for that. No, it's because of what Christ gave us. It's because of the freedom that we have from the gospel. And so because of that, once you have those things in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, then you can go through life saying, hey, I don't know when the time will be, but I'm ready when it does come. I, I don't know what's going to happen, how I'm going to die, what, what's going to occur here, but I, I know that, that when I do, I know where I'm going. And I know that it's paradise because that's what was promised to us through Jesus Christ. It occurs to me, there is a third type of waiting. And this one comes from the second one. And that is what you've been waiting for so long that you begin to lose faith. You begin to wonder if it's going to happen at all. Uh, to use another on-hold story, I once had to call a pest control company. And it was late in the afternoon, and they, they put me on hold. And I was on hold for a good while until I realized their office closed. <laughs> They just left me on hold. Like, they weren't coming back. And so now I'm kind of like, oh, if I'm calling this place, are they going to be open? Because you start to doubt. You start to wonder, like, is this actually going to happen? You start to lose that sense of faith. In Bible study today, we talked about Zechariah, that he was in the midst or at the tail end of this 400 years of silence, a time where I'm sure plenty of people walked away from faith in God because suddenly they hadn't heard from him in a long time. Maybe there is something in your life that you're thinking, okay, I would sure like this to happen, and I'm just waiting for it to happen. Maybe it's finding the right person. Maybe it's the right person finally committing. Maybe it's getting pregnant. Maybe it's getting a promotion. Maybe it's any number of things. And you're beginning to wonder, will it actually happen? And the people around you are saying, it's okay, just have faith. It'll happen, it'll happen. The trouble with that, I'm going to be completely blunt, is maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. And how do you deal with this third type of waiting? You change what you're waiting for. Because what you're waiting for is what you want. What you're waiting for is what you think will make things better. But if you change what you're waiting for and you say, I'm waiting for God's will to be done, 
If you're waiting for God's will to be done in and through your life, that changes your perspective. And you say, yeah, I would love for this to happen. I would love for this thing that I'm pretty sure would make me happier to happen. But God, ultimately, I trust in you. I trust that you know best. I trust that you are a good God, a loving God, and that you care for me. I trust that your work is going to be bigger than my desire. When you change that focus, suddenly that waiting becomes easier because you say, God, you're in control. And maybe it doesn't line up with what I want, but I trust that what you want is better. That's difficult for us to do. That requires an immense level of trust, an immense level of faith. But that's how we're going to keep going. That's how we can keep waiting. That's how we can trust in our God. So if the first way is to have patience, to be patient with our God, the second way is to just keep going, to to trust that God is with us, to trust that God is going to provide, that we have to be ready in relationship with him, getting our soul to a place where it is ready for whatever comes. And then lastly, we trust in our God, That's how we wait in this world. And in the meantime, don't just sit down and say, no, no, sorry, I can't do anything. I'm on hold. No, no, I can't can't be involved in life. I'm waiting. Far too often we do that. But the reality is God calls us to live. That was our epistle reading. It was short because it goes on from there to talk about the end times. I would encourage you, pick up your Bible. Go the next couple verses after that. What they're talking about when it says live love, when it says live according to love, when it says, hey, all these commandments boil down to love one another, it's how you should live as you are waiting. That's our challenge as Christians, to not let the waiting paralyze us, to not let our fear paralyze us, to not let the fact that we haven't gotten what we were hoping for, don't let that stop you from living life. You have an opportunity to first recognize the love that God has for you, but then perhaps even more than that, perhaps more crucial than that, is to get others to recognize that love. You want everyone you love to be in heaven with you. We can be prepared for that. We can trust God in that. May we be patient for that. So the question is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for in your life? I pray that we have the patience to continue waiting. I pray that we are ready, that we are prepared ourselves and that we know our God and that we know his grace and his mercy found in his gospel. And I pray perhaps more than anything that we trust our God. It may be difficult, but we can do it. Keep going because God is with us. What are you waiting for? Amen.